0: Hello and bienvenidos to Mustangs in the Field, a podcast which not only celebrates our community but also a tool to help current Milwaukee students see a path towards a potential career. I hope to inspire our current students to see school as an important step in helping them achieve their future goals by sharing stories of Milwaukee graduates and their journeys. I'm your host, Roberto Aguilar a longtime and proud school counselor at Milwaukee High School and the Milwaukee Academy Arts in our lovely city of Milwaukee, Oregon. I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the wonderful folks of the Mustang Born Alumni Scholarship Foundation, who work tirelessly year after year to provide annual scholarships to several deserving Mustang graduates. You can assist and donate to the Mustang Born Alumni Scholarship Fund by utilizing Amazon Smile, the Fred Meyer Community Rewards Program, participate in the monthly bottle drop activity, PayPal, and many, many more ways. To learn more, check out the Mustang Born Fund website at www.mustangbornfund with a D at the end.com. Now, I hope you're enjoying that background music that you're listening to right now. It's by Milwaukee graduate Morea Masa, M O O R E A. M A S A. She's a lovely individual, and this is one of my all time favorite songs. So please enjoy, and thank you for tuning in to Mustangs in the Field and sticking with me throughout this hiatus. Go Mustangs! I see you You. And when gonna stand for you. Welcome to Mustangs in the Field. Today's special guest is Kaliko Castile. He's got a lot of things going on. I'd like to share a little bit about him with you all. So, hey, Kaliko, how are you doing this morning? Quite well. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. We're really excited. I'm really excited. Um, You know, for everybody listening, if you haven't tuned in yet, this is always a chance for really our students, current students, current Mustangs, to learn from previous Mustangs, you know, a path forward to finding, you know, a career for themselves, hopefully. And so we're going to ask some questions, get to know Calico a little bit, and, um, you know, get going. So Calico, how do you identify yourself? Um, You know, sometimes we have multiple identities, right, that are legit. Um, how do you identify yourself now as an adult, and how did you identify yourself when you were a high schooler?
1: Yeah, appreciate it. Well, hey everybody, my name is Calico Castillo, class of two thousand five. Uh, you know, I think I, I in, identify myself as he, him, his, and then ultimately, like for myself, you know, I'm. A, I think of myself as a person of color. Uh, I'm Native Hawaiian. My mom's side of the family is Hispanic. You know, I come from a working class family, a working class background. So I generally carry that with me as well. Um, you know, I think for myself overall, I also think of myself as a, a, a practical dreamer. I like to think of things that are um, kind of far off in the distance, but ultimately try to strategize a way to to make them real. So I would say that that's the, the other way I identify myself.
0: And as a high schooler?
1: And as a high schooler, I would say that I um, I would describe myself as sort of um. I think at that point it was very social. I was a, a class president, ASB president. So I definitely was um, very active and sort of had a very um, open social scene. But I also, I really enjoyed doing things like the canned food drive and that sort of stuff. So I also was very much into like the sense of community. And that's one of the things I really loved about um, about Milwaukee is really just the being able to be able a cent- to be a community member and have a sense of an overall, um, you know, just a good community there. So I think for me that it would be a community member as
0: well yeah and before we move on to questions i'm going to add some current identity or additional identities uh husband and a and a, a young yeah, father you. right a new father yeah thank you
1: yeah no absolutely uh my wife and i have been together for 8 years now but we just got married last year in the middle of the pandemic so we had to uh had to navigate planning a wedding in the pandemic where we had to change it actually probably three or four times uh but that yes i'm a husband i just had a baby girl four months ago from four months ago her name is Kaliko Lehua Okalani we call her Lehua um, so yes also a, a, a dad as well and adjusting to those those titles even though um you know I feel like they fit well but it's also you know one of those things where it's a continuous journey and you're learning more every day so yes also a father and a dad I appreciate you bringing those
0: up yeah those are always important um, yes all, all those parts like, that's why I talk about the identities like there's we're more than just one thing, whatever someone may think there's so much more behind the scenes. And, and we shared a little bit before off air, like, you know, it's early morning. we got to get it when the kids are asleep, like my children are (laughs) teens, but you know, got to get them to do the work while, while they're asleep. Got to make things happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I guess the other identity that's new, right. Cause I'm talking about adjusting here. Uh, Part of the reason why I know I'm on here now is, uh, candidate for state representative here in the uh state of oregon for specifically in district 41 house district 41 which covers milwaukee Oak Grove, Sellwood, uh east moreland westmoreland sort of parts of southeast portland as well so i guess that is also a new identity in which i am getting used to so i guess i sh- should probably also mention that as well
0: i think that's great yeah and so practical dreamer i love that you mentioned that i have not heard that one yet from any of our folks so i think that's a great like a uh, starting point i think for a candidate you know so um think that, that's a great place to be for sure all right well let's let's talk about um you know we talked about some of your roles some of your identities so what is your, your current profession now that we added the candidate onto there and then how did you get to that place what did what you know yeah how'd you get there for sure um yeah it's interesting
1: to say like what my profession is now because i wear a lot of different hats and i don't know that i Fully feel like I'm all of one, right? So, right now, my day job is uh, I am the director of development and communications for a nonprofit here in Portland called Brown Hope. Uh, and, sort of, in that role as director of adult development, I'm in charge of helping to do fundraising for a nonprofit. This nonprofit called Brown Hope is really focused on uh, mutual aid programs and other sort of really cool. Um, Community building programs for Black, Brown, and Indigenous folks in the Portland area, um, and so some of the things we do are we have a program called Solidarity Squad where we have a warehouse of different materials that people could could need, um, clothing, diapers food stuff that people in our community who um aren't aren't able to provide for themselves and need a little bit of a leg up uh, we kind of have those services available we also do things called power hour where folks come together every week and are able to sort of sit in community with other black brown and indigenous folks which isn't like a something that really happens in portland all the time really having that safe space Um, so i help as director of development to raise funds for this nonprofit. We also do the communications around sort of um, press releases and running social media and that sort of stuff. Uh, and then the other hats that I wear, I run my own business, I'm a small business owner. So I have a I run what I call a digital agency or a digital strategy firm. Uh, and we really work with, um, small businesses, specifically in the cannabis industry, which is where I spent my time in the cannabis reform movement and industry over the last 10 years. Uh, but we also work with political campaigns. So the current state treasurer of Oregon, who's running for governor, Tobias Reed, he's one of our clients. So we do his social media and his website work. Um, so that's another hat that I wear. I also sit, volunteer um, my time as, on the, as a board member of the Mustang Born Alumni Scholarship Fund. Um, I also sit as the president of the board for the minority cannabis business association. So these are all things that are sort of part of the profession. Um, but like I said, I don't really have like one thing where it's all I'm focused on where like a lot of different hats, which for me is been really cool and exciting. Cause I've been able to kind of create my own path. Like I kind of, have created a lot of my own jobs over the years. And it's really allowed for me to, um, sort of have my cake and eat it too. So I think like that's it's it's been really cool to not necessarily just have one thing and to be able to kind of um, have different buckets that I can that I can focus on.
0: Yeah, I'm curious, like what skills do you think, you know, you learned at Milwaukee that you use, you know, and maybe this kind of relates to a question down the road. But I'm going to ask it now, like what skills do you think you use frequently and did, were any of those learned at Milwaukee?
1: Yeah, I mean, I owe so much of who I am today to my time at Milwaukee. And a lot of that still comes down to just sort of the sense of community and really being able to like make and maintain really good lasting relationships. Um, I think that in life, uh, relationships are the most valuable things that you can have. Um, And I think that a lot of people will hear the term networking and it's thought of as being kind of like only business people do networking or like, that's just, it's just not something that I do. Right. But I think like networking in general, just meeting people, establishing connections, uh, something that does pay off in the long run because we just, you know, it, it's just good to know folks, right? Like if you're growing up and you know like a, a mechanic and they can help you save some money later on down the road, not going to a, like an expensive mechanic, like that's a really cool thing, right? And that's being be able to make friends with folks with a lot of different skill sets. You know what I mean? I think this uh, later on in life when you're an adult, I think being able to have a problem that pops up and think, oh, who in my network do I know that I can lean on to have a conversation with, so I can learn more about it or help, like you know, save myself some steps. That's something that I developed at Milwaukee because it really was sort of my time at ASB, my time in student government, um, my time doing. Can food drive or living history day. You know, a lot of that stuff is really people-based, and so for me, like I was able to sort of hone uh, my ability to just establish relationships with people. And now, even running for office or being a director of development, which is fundraising, which is really based around relationships, uh, everything that I do is really relationship-based. And a lot of that really started in being able to cultivate friendships uh, and relationships in, in high school, and being able to do that across socioeconomic backgrounds around sort of different cliques that sort of existed, right? Being able to really find a way to connect with anyone on some sort of a level, I think is something that I, I really learned at Milwaukee because at that time we sort of were going through a diverse phase, right? Like mm-hmm. it was less diverse in Milwaukee when I was going to school, but it was less diverse even for people who were going to school before me. So like now being able to see a place in which you can have much more access or access to much more uh, broad ranging sort of backgrounds and 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 just different identities as we talked about earlier i think that's really important because you're just getting exposure to a lot of different walks of life uh and later on in life it's really important that you you're able to to have the empathy to understand where people are coming from uh, and be able ultimately to meet people where they are as well
0: right Nah thanks for sharing all that and you brought up a lot of points like one one of my always quick thinking not quick thinking but in my mind i'm always like expert versus introvert and but networking is so important and actually um that's part of my I don't know discussion with seniors when they're talking about where should I go to college So I'm always like what network do you want afterwards like do you want this network or that network I think that's an important thing to consider and you know it is perhaps more challenging for an introverted person to get into that networking because I feel like I fit into this category but I've learned I feel like I'm so behind all the time and you know I'm 40 something and I'm always learning about, oh, the value of networking. And, I, you know, like you said, it could be as as, a, as utilitarian as getting to know a mechanic who can help you figure something out. So thanks for sharing all that. business. Yeah, no, that. for sure. And I think
1: like also the, you know, in thinking about like the, the networking or like how people can be like moving from high school into sort of like a career space, I do think it's also just important to just kind of try to meet people just so that you can get a taste of what other people do, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I think for me, like I, I'm i ending in a much different place than I started when I went to college. So I do think it's important to have conversations and to learn from folks um, just so that you can have exposure to other things that you may not be thinking about at this point.
0: Yeah, all right. Well then, back to my little list of questions. Were there, Who were the influential figures along the path? Not just at Milwaukee, but along the way, is there anybody that you can remember like, helped yeah. you really figure out that this is something where you're going. Cause it, there was a lot of changes. And I was like, for sure.
1: You know, I think, um, where I've ended up, it's not necessarily that anybody was like helping guide me to that end point, but I think like, you know, you were definitely instrumental in being my very first counselor, right? Like you, I know that I was probably at the beginning of your like Milwaukee career, but I think like being able to see a Brown person in a place, uh, in a position at that school, that sort of like was, in a position of power in some ways because you oversee, oversaw so much so many people like that's something that really there wasn't a lot of that in milwaukee when i first started right so i think like that's like number one was being able to see you know a brown person or another latino being able to do cool things and like that made me want to aspire to do more um I, we also just had a really cool teachers at milwaukee so like for me i definitely had some folks there that helped me along the way um, I'm trying to like think and names have changed over time since I've like gone to sure. school, right? So mm-hmm. um, sometimes I like try to think about that as well. Um, but I want to say it was Mrs. Lacey who was the the journalism mm-hmm. teacher at the time, and mm-hmm. doing newspaper was definitely an influential person for me, uh, because like I got into newspaper because I got I was in her journalism class, and she she happened to see something in whatever I was doing in journalism that like you know oh you would be really good in newspaper, and she like basically made me get into the newspaper program i did like kind of fought it for a little bit and but she was like you should really try doing this and i was like all right cool so i did that and eventually worked my way to being the co-editor of the newspaper at the milwaukeean at the time um and that was another place in which she sort of kind of forced me into a, into a leadership position. Cause she kind of came to me and was like, Hey, like, I really think you'd be really good in this role. Um, and I told her like, I don't want to take on any responsibility. I kind of like just coasting. Like, I just want to like be able to write about sports or whatever. Uh, and she sort of saw a, a bigger role for me and like forced me into that. Uh, and then I was, you know, co-editor of the newspaper and then learned a lot more about that. And like later on down the road, part of my job now as director of development and communications for Brown Hope is writing press releases. And like I learned about journalism and how sort of the press works and how to be able to interact with them through that process. Uh, and that really was because somebody like saw a little bit in me and pushed me forward, even when I wasn't trying to push myself forward. Um, so she was definitely a lot like a big influence in, in high school. Um, and then also another one is Jen Seibel, who was running uh, the you know, ASB at the time, student government. And for me, uh, it's another sort of person that saw, I think a little bit of me that I didn't see in myself and was always pushing me to take on more responsibilities and, and do things that, um, you know, were outside my comfort zone. Um, and I think that's really important too, right? It's like, um. I think it's easy for us all to want to rest and hang out and chill in our comfort zone because it's comfortable. Uh, But I think it is really important um, as we're growing into adults to kind of continue to grow those boundaries and push it a little bit farther. Like some people are video game people, right? So like in a video game, sometimes you don't see the whole map. You have to go on your quest and like achieve things to open up new parts of the map. And then you're able to sort of see more places to go, right? Like life is the same way. Yeah. You're starting to just sort of open the map up a little bit more. Um, and so I think like that's um, it's really important that you have people in your life who also see th- see things in you that you don't see in yourself and help, help push you. So, um, yeah, those are some people that definitely were influential. And then I would say one more other person uh, at Milwaukee specifically um, was just Ken Buckles. Never had him as a teacher, mm-hmm. never had him sort of um, directly interacting, but just how much he exudes sort of like you know the the qualities of like of being a mustang and how sort of he was gung-ho about the mustang born and sort of creating that sense of community that we all sort of were part of this Mustang family I think that was really influential because that's you know still why I love Milwaukee It's still why I'm, why I joined the Mustang born fund. It's why you know I'm running for office frankly um, because this is like sort of a community that like I, I owe a lot to uh, and a lot of that really just comes around um, building a sense of community because it doesn't just happen. it doesn't just it's not just there. You have to like actually do the work of like wanting to find shared values and and common ground and being able to do the work of talking and and coming together to do events to really do the building of of the community. So I think that that was very influential to me as well because it, it showed me the power of the things that can happen um, when you have a when you have a community like Living History Day and other really cool things. So that was also very influential. All
0: right. Well, thanks for that shout out. I i missed the milwaukee in the newspaper i wish we still had that in our building um but that's super cool and yeah i like how it was like transferable skills that you mentioned there that's pretty cool thanks yeah. for pointing that out so yeah. even students now even if there's though there's no milwaukee and we could still do that journalism through the Schellenberg well, program. and also in even you know
1: it's good that it's still there in schoenberg we're living in the 21st century like you also have really awesome opportunities to do journalism on your own, right? Like there's so many ways to sort of teach yourself in sort of the aspects and the principles of journalism and then apply it to your own life. You can become a blogger and find a topic that's really interesting to you and you can go interview people and do the research and you can like become an investigative journalist literally on your own, right? And that's Mm -hmm. stuff that wasn't nearly as available when I was in high school. So I do think like if there are just things that you're interested in, it's never been more possible for you to find information about that that topic and turned it into a career um so i definitely wanted to you know let people know that even those things like may not be available to you in your in front of you you can help create it again
0: that's so true good point good point all right so you know like you're a very animated lively person what's your source of motivation like i mean community okay so we got that down community is one of them but what, what else that helps you get get going things on a daily basis
1: um Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like I have an internal intrinsic drive, but it's hard to sort of tap into exactly what it is other than like, I feel like I'm driven by a sense of a need for justice. Um, I feel like when I see things that are wrong in the world, I feel that an overwhelming sense to try to fix them. Um, I'm not somebody who I feel like is... um, I like i don't like to complain i'm action oriented mm-hmm. um so i'm someone that w- like once again if i see an issue i'm just going to figure out what do we got to do to solve it um so i think like for me motivations really just come down to like seeing things that i that i think are wrong and trying to correct them um and that like that's to me what drives me like that's why i was up till two thirty last night building campaign materials it's because i know that, that the this campaign is a way to impact people um and that ultimately like The world is run by those who show up. Um, So you need to show up if you want to be able to see change. So I would just say that, like, in general, what motivates me is, um, is the idea that change is only possible if you show up. So you got to be able to do that. Um, And I would say another thing that motivates me because it's outside of the political realm and just in general, um, is being able to dream up something and then make it happen. Like, I think one of the things that I learned um, along my sort of journey is that, like, I'm able to take things. Uh, from a concept on paper to reality. And I think that that's something that a lot of people, ha- everybody has the ability to do that. I just think a lot of people don't, haven't necessarily honed in on that and been able to think about like uh, an idea or a dream or something that's thought of as being improbable, but then fig- figuring out working your way backwards on how what you, the steps it takes to actually get there. And I think that's one of the things that also motivates me is just the idea that you could, you could do something tomorrow that's not thought of as being possible today.
0: All right. I love that stuff. It's pretty awesome. I think, I wonder, well, I'll save it for a little bit later. Let's talk okay. about Milwaukee. Cool. Let's talk about Milwaukee and then, we'll, then maybe some reflection. Let's talk about Milwaukee. What is or what are some of the fondest memories that you had when you were, you know, whatever year in high school at Milwaukee there?
1: Yeah um they're mostly all come down to student government related things um you know for folks who are at milwaukee now may not know of something called living history day but it was basically a day in which we um shut down the school nobody had any class we decorated the whole school cleaned it all up we decorated it in sort of patriotic colors um we had sort of a lot of um World War II and other old era war war materials and war paraphernalia sort of show up like tanks and, and Jeeps and stuff like that. And we honored all of the people who had served in past wars and they would come and um, basically we would set up, set up groups, folks who would come into classrooms and chat with folks about their experiences whether it was in world war ii or the korean war or vietnam um and i feel like that was a really impactful uh event that happened and it happened for a long time and that was one of the things that mr buckles had uh had run but like for me it's like such an impactful sort of event because you know now also talking about the like political side of things um it just shows you the horrors of war and sort of like the the intensity of like what people go through um you know and i think it's it's a little bit deeper than what the typical patriotic brush would paint things with about sort of just um you know defending our freedom but really understanding the human aspects of war, I think was really important. I think it's really driven sort of my outlook on life now and sort of my political leanings. Um, So I think that was a very impactful thing. And, you know, also the other things were stuff like we used to do a canned food drive um, where we basically, we would have every classroom and all the sort of um, the individual classes, freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors compete on who could bring the most cans. Uh, And like, that was a really awesome thing because, you know, we would, we would get tens of thousands of cans and we'd all go behind the grandstands and we'd stuff them in the old um, visitors locker room. And so like, for me, that was like a really exciting time. Cause it was once again, giving back to the community and doing good and trying to get people involved and trying to, you know, just help each other. Um, and we used to have a, the Annie Ross house, which used to be sort of a, a nonprofit that was across the street from the high school that sort of helped um, mothers who had been in abusive relationships or, you know, needed a place to stay. Um, we did, you know, an Annie Ross sort of fundraiser every year around Easter, where we did an Easter egg hunt. We used to like sell cotton candy uh, to raise money. So there's just a lot of cool things that we used to do once again, just like, really all about the sense of community and getting people to chip in and sort of help everybody else who are the least among us which is also something that like in general I really try to focus on is being able to help people who aren't able to help themselves and so the most memorable moments in high school really came back to events where we were doing charity fundraising events or doing something that was really cool and you know even though it wasn't in the classroom it was still at at school it was still very much part of my school experience and yeah. as you talked about earlier it's provided me with a lot of transferable skills that i'm still using to this day
0: yeah no there's you know as you're saying like you're doing all this and you're right this is, was, um i guess 2006 is the first four-year cohort that i had so that was like my first full graduate ninth to twelfth but i'm listening to you and i'm like yeah those are my first experiences too i had all those first while you were doing that because that was truly my fourth year it was 2005 sure. as, a, as a counselor so you know just you know i can feel that first time excitement and seeing you all build that community and do raising all those tens of thousands of cans and you know it's those are great we're doing that actually now um, it just ended our uh, a lot of times the food um banks are full during holiday season because that's when everybody does sure. it. So our, our leadership decided, hey, let's do it when it's, when there's still a need instead of when it's in abundance.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, it's so
0: a little bit of shift there. Um, all right, so that's fondest memories. If you could um, you know, go back in time and give yourself a little bit of advice, what, what would you tell your, your younger self?
1: I think I tell myself that failure is part of the process uh and to get comfortable with being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. Uh, i think those are two things that have like served me very well over the course of my career um but i think it's something that i would have loved to have learned a little bit earlier um you know i i one of my biggest failures have has led me to a lot of the best things in my life um like one of my biggest failures was a small business that I started a dispensary in 2014 and because of the regulations and the way sort of things rolled out when we made dispensaries legal in Oregon we ended up having to shut down after 10 months because of some weird staff and so like for me it was like a very public failure it was very very much something that like I poured my everything into for like 10 months and ultimately didn't end up panning out um, so but for me like I met who's now my wife there because she was a mutual friend who ended up getting hired as like one of the workers there. We developed a friendship and relationship. And eight years later, we, we now have a baby and are married. And so like, for me, that's like all of the good things that have happened for me came from one of my biggest failures. And I think it's really important to not be afraid to fail because if you're doing it right, you're going to learn from that failure. Uh, and you're going to be able to find the lessons about, what it was that went wrong, things you would have done differently um, and really be able to learn from that and do it better next time. And I think that like, you know, anybody you read about in in history, anybody successful has failed a lot more times than they were successful. And so I just think that that's something that you should bake into the cost of doing business as you go out through your career and don't be afraid to fail because it is just part of the process Um, and you should just learn to to learn from it and uh, keep moving forward. So that's definitely like, probably the biggest piece of advice i would say and then the other one was going back to that networking like i would make friends with a lot of different disciplines uh a lot earlier uh and it's not just out of selfishness like you should learn it so that you understand and are a well-rounded person and also like if you grow up with people who have certain skill sets you're going to be able to lean on them like i since like high school, coming up with friends who are good at graphic design, good at sort of doing videography, good at doing web development, right? All skill sets I do not have, um, but are very helpful in sort of what I do in my in my business, in sort of my career, and just like my my free time and volunteer time. Um, so I do think like once again leaning in really heavily early on developing relationships and networking with folks that don't have the same skill sets as you or the same point of view as you, uh, is really important because you you'll need to lean on that later on in life.
0: Right. Yeah. That's great. I, you know, it's, it's always awesome hearing, you know, we always learn from our experiences. So it's great to be able to, you know, tell yourself, this is what I would do. I like hearing that.
1: Can I throw one more thing in there? Of course. I would say, um, This is more like relationship advice. Like don't make relationships your number one priority, right? Hmm. Like focus on yourself and focus on finding out what it is that you enjoy doing. And that really makes you, you and what makes you unique. And I think when you focus on your, this is counterintuitive for people. And I think it's really hard coming out of high school because we all want to be loved and we're all looking for relationships and that sort of thing. But I really think it's important for you to focus on yourself because the most important thing you can bring to a relationship is a full self like a well-rounded person who's worked on themselves and is able to actually partner up with folks and everything else is going to fall into place. I'm somebody who I felt like tried to force a lot of things in high school and early into college. And then when I finally relaxed and just focused on myself and did my own thing, things naturally fell into place. And so I think that's really important because I think too often we will focus and and really center ourselves around the need for someone else's attention. But when you can really be comfortable with yourself and love yourself and be well rounded, that's when you're going to be able to attract the people that you want in your life. Um, so I just think that's really important, so that people aren't caught up, um, only focused on on the relationship portion and not on themselves.
0: Yeah, hey, I appreciate you bringing that up. You know that that's funny because on the counseling side we tend to talk about that a lot. I'm always like one plus one is always two. You gotta focus on the one, yep, yep. build yourself up strong. Yep. All right, awesome. Um, I think we've already shared this, but just to be certain, certain, um, what's next on your your horizon professionally or personally?
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, I'm embarking on a massive journey right now. So uh, our state representative here in Milwaukee um, decided she wasn't gonna run for reelection one week before the filing deadline. Uh, And one of the reasons why she decided she wasn't going to run is because uh, she's a mom and working mom and we don't pay our state legislators very well. We pay them about $33,000 a month or excuse me, a year, um, which is not much if you're working pretty full time and writing all of the laws and policies that it takes to, to run our state. Um, And so her and a couple other legislators decided that they were going to step back and they, but they decided to step back one week before the filing deadline. So um, I ended up filing to run in this in this um, race. Um, it's going to be me versus the mayor of Milwaukee right now. Um, it's going to be a very good race, and I'm really excited about it. Um, but this, we basically have 50 days to knock on as many doors and make as many phone calls and let people know uh, that we're running. Um, and I think when we do that, that people are definitely going to support us. You know, one of the things I've been talking about and the reasons why you know I'm running is, you know, as a new dad with a four-month-old daughter, you know, I kind of sort of start to future pace out a little bit and sort of look into the future and see the, the trend lines and the way things are going. And, you know, I don't feel really confident that if I don't step up, that somebody else is going to speak up for her and make sure that the, her sort of needs are met and everybody else's sort of young young kids' needs are met. So really I'm running because I, I come from a working class family and think we need to be investing in working class families, helping sort of parents have accessible and affordable child care, um, you know, during the pandemic, it's obviously been really hard for folks uh, to have child care, especially sort of in the hybrid learning model era as well. Um, I think being able to invest in kids early to get them into the universal pre-K so that we're making sure we're getting literacy rates on, on target where they need to be so that people are graduating on time and ultimately going on to have thriving careers, uh, being able to have baby bonds, this idea that every kid in Oregon should have a thousand dollars put in their college savings account right away, because the sort of stats show that if you have money in your uh, college savings account, you're more likely to go to college, more likely to graduate from college. Um, It's just by the sheer fact of having money in there. Um, And then I think it's really important for us to be thinking about things like affordable housing, right? I think we see it all around us about houselessness and there's a crisis sort of, um, Not sort of there's a crisis going on here in the Portland metro area as well as across the state, you know, and that really ties back to things like wealth inequality and income inequality. Um, We have historical historic levels of wealth inequality where people uh, at the bottom are making significantly less than the people at the top and that's sort of, you know, something that bleeds into a lot of other aspects of our society. And when we talk about things like houselessness, uh, it also bleeds into mental health and we're not investing enough in mental health services and making sure that people have access to the help that they need. And then obviously the last thing that sort of the big bucket that are things that I'm running on is you know combating the climate crisis, both making sure that we're investing in clean energy for the future so that we're not emitting fossil fuels. And I actually think there are ways that we can potentially get to a carbon negative future. Uh, but I also think that it's really important that we are thinking about the climate crisis that is as it exists now and the things that we can do to mitigate that that those disasters, Um, you know, we saw the wildfires in 2020 sort of devastate a lot of rural communities down in southern Oregon, um, but that that means that like places like Portland we're dealing with smoke right so there's a lot of things that we are, we are experiencing now that are real. Um, Real damage is being caused by the climate and we need to make sure that we are both mitigating people to mitigating things so that we can protect folks from from the devastation of climate change as well so you know really the the thing that i'm focused on primarily right now is over the next 50 days, letting people know that we're running, letting people know why we're running, you know, that I grew up here in Milwaukee, uh, you know, went to Linwood Elementary, Rao middle school, graduated from Milwaukee high school. You know, spent the last 10 years at the, on the national stage, really working on policymaking in the cannabis industry, working to make it more equitable and inclusive because the war on drugs is primarily focused on incarcerating black and brown folks. So really what we've been trying to do is let those same folks be able to get access to the legal marketplace. Um, And I think that's really important right now because, you know, post George Floyd, sort of we're living in this new era where we're having a a conversation about racial justice and about sort of racial issues. And there's so much about sort of cannabis prohibition specifically that was tied to racism. I think it's really important uh, that we are doing the work necessary to be systemically removing the barriers are for black, brown and indigenous folks. Um, and so that's also one of the reasons why I'm running is to give give voice to folks who typically don't see themselves in people in elected office. Cause I think it's really important that our elected officials sort of share in the lived experience uh, that we all have rather than just talking about it.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of, you know, first good for you. Like that, uh, you know, and I love the the main aspect of I need to help make a world a better place for my child, for our children, not just your child, but all our children. Um, and I, you know, I appreciate that. I like that, you know, and, 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 you know, just me being honest, like I, I'm jealous of your, of yours and many of the, your generation, I guess millennials and maybe not quite Gen, Gen Z yet, but like the, the action oriented, like I, cause you know, a dream of mine, it has been in the past, maybe still in the future to also run for office because I, uh, I feel like my voice is not represented in the community, you know, whatever. There's so many things, but this is not about me. This is about you. So I appreciate you and your, your, uh, your, well, your bravery. real quickly,
1: real quickly though, Roberto, because I think it's really important for folks who are listening too, though. Right. Cause like, I agree that there's a certain element that like younger the younger generations are action oriented, but I think that it's really important that anybody who thinks that they should run for office or can because they have a perspective that is not being shared, 1,000% should. And that like one of the reasons why I'm doing this is because it was $25 to file to become a to become a uh, you know a candidate. There's a lot more that goes into running a race, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it, sh- it it's really important to highlight how easy it is for people to get involved. Um, Not necessarily how simple it is, but how easy it is. Yes. Because it's really important for folks to know that, like, um, once again, the world is run by those who show up. And the more of us who show up means the more that our voices and our values are being heard and being spoken to at the, you know, state, local and national level. And I think it's really important for folks to also think about that, like, you know, there's so many ways, whether it's the school board, right? The like school board level or sort of county and city level. There's so many places that people can be getting involved and young people should also be getting involved because yeah. once again, like if you don't have young people in office, you got people who don't have skin in the game making decisions for us. And so, you know, I would encourage you and we'll continue to encourage you to run for office eventually when you're ready, but also just let people know that like it's easier than most people think. Um, and that's part of what I want to do in this race is show people that you can do it. And because I'm not like special, I just, I, I, I do have the sense of like being action oriented and wanting to do it. Uh, but I do hope that this, this race will help encourage other folks to get involved because we need more black, brown, and indigenous folks. We need more young people. We need more LGBTQ people. We need more women in office. Um, so if anyone's listening to this and even thinking about getting into politics, please, uh, you should because it's, it's easier than it looks. Um, and we just need more good people running um, because ultimately that's what it's gonna take for us to change the things we know need to change.
0: Yeah, well, thank you again. Thank you for you taking that first step and being the leader and showing us it. the way. All right, so we're gonna wrap this up. Um, this end section of every interview that I've done is called the rodeo. So five questions, kind of a off the dome type of answers. Um, so here we go, number one, what was your favorite spot? in or around walking high school when you were in school
1: wow that's a really great question where was my spot during high school i think you know kind of changed year year after year right like back in my day we had kind of um class hallways so like Mm -hmm. freshman year there was like freshman hall so everybody was hanging out uh down at the bottom floor in the sort of u-shape area um and like that was the spot we also had a I'd imagine you still have Mustang market. Do you still have Mustang market there? We have have a new version
0: of Mustang market.
1: Cool. So we had a place like it was a Mustang market where they had like some video games, uh, like arcade games and like places where you could eat and buy your food and that sort of stuff. So like lunchtime, that was the place that everybody hung out. Like, you know, we had the commons where people would eat as well. But then usually like my crew would always gravitate to where the Mustang market was and be playing Cruising World USA or whatever, whatever it was. So those were kind of the different spots that we popped around to. And then, you know, off campus wise, uh, my crew is always known to be at the Taco Bell parking lot, usually on Friday nights um, after football games. But that was the other sort of spot that we were, we're often known to know. To yeah. Hang
0: out at. All right. Well, all those spots. Well, I guess there's not a freshman hall. Not that I, I know of yet. You know, it's only year one really in the new building, but all the spots still exist, but no arcade games in the new, um, in the new mustang market so they're missing out fair enough all right what's your personal motto that's a
1: really great question um you know i have like kind of an affirmation i've like told myself for a long time and it's like as long as you have as long as i have a beat in my chest and air in my lungs everything else will be okay um, and that's sort of like taking things back to a very basic level right like literally if everything on this planet was disappearing and i was the only one left and like as long as i was able to still have a beat in my chest and my heart was still working and my lungs had air and i had the ability to be able to breathe like that's the baseline Mm -hmm. and everything else above that is cherry on top and i think that's helped me lead a, a life of gratitude um because it doesn't allow it It doesn't set me up for expectations of everything else. Like the only thing that we hope for in life is like to get another day and everything else above that time with our friends and family, a successful career, all that sort of stuff is cherry on top. I think as long as you have that baseline of being safe and healthy, um, I think that's, you know, really important. So for me, it's as long as I have a beat in my chest and air in my lungs, everything else will be okay.
0: I love that. It's pretty poetic too. Um, which basically answered the third question what are you grateful for yeah
1: uh you know my dad you know is hawaiian my name kaliko means the bud that blossoms it's a hawaiian and my dad used to dance hula so he really sort of drilled into me growing up the the meaning of aloha and sort of the appreciation for what's called the breath of life uh so ha in hawaii or in hawaiian is like breath um so like Aloha is thought of as being sort of like a mutual appreciation uh, for like the breath of life. And so like when you're greeting somebody in Hawaiian culture, uh, you end up doing what's called a honi. You come face to face and you sort of breathe in the same the same air uh, and you have that sort of like you greet them with the word aloha. A lot of people say it's like hello and goodbye, but it's really closer Um, meaning to the word love and a sort of a mutual appreciation and mutual respect. And so like, for me, I, I was always taught to be grateful for every breath. Right. And so I think that like, once again, that really comes down to um, just a general gratefulness and appreciation, gratitude for life. Um, But then obviously as a new father and as a husband, I'm very grateful for my family. Um, And those are the, you know, the folks who make everything else worth it. Right. Um, Career doesn't matter if I can't come back to my wife and my daughter and spend the precious moments, right? And so those are the things that I'm grateful for and the things that matter most to me, even though like, I think we all get caught up in the rat race of the the resumes and the things that make us who we are. But ultimately the only thing that matters in life is, you know, the the time we get to spend with our loved ones. So I think that that's that's definitely what I'm grateful for is like the breath that I get every day uh, and the people I get to surround myself with uh, on a day-to-day
0: basis. Right. Well, You talked about all these, all these things, you know, so with all these things and all these roles, and you're also serving on these different boards, like the Mustang Born Alumni Scholarship Board, when do you find time for self-care and what is your favorite form of self-care?
1: yeah this is a really great question and something i need to honestly get better about um i i think like we talk you hear the buzzwords work life balance and i think like sometimes it's like maybe an unfair expectation especially for my generation because a lot of us live our work it's like it's our passion and it is what we we do work that we find impactful and meaningful, and though, therefore it's sometimes hard to separate work from life. Um, and so I think for me, I'm, that's some self-care is something I'm still learning to do. Um, but the things I enjoy doing is just going on a walk with my dog, my wife, and my my daughter. And I think those are things that like. When I'm stressed out when I've had too much stuff going on when I just need to hit the pause button that's something I really enjoy doing and being able to get out into nature and sort of just appreciate and slow down take off the phone um, I think those are all things that are really important just to reconnect with what makes us human um, because I think in the 21st century in the digital age there's so much stuff that's constantly distracting us and pulling our attention and that sort of stuff so I think it's just really important to sometimes unplug turn it off go for a hike uh, just sit outside in the sun and soak it up for a little bit. So those are really, I think, the most important thing that I do for self care is try to unplug. But you know, I think my wife would be the first to say that I, I have some some growing to do on that side. So you know, I think it's it's an it's an ever evolving process, and I would definitely encourage folks to to try to find that balance.
0: Yes, and I that's a good point. To ever evolving process, and I too actually, my self care is meeting up with people like you. Doing the podcast. That's kind of actually my newest self care, is hearing your all stories and being inspired. All right. Last one, I think it's pretty obvious. Are you on victorious person or a Mustang born person?
1: Yeah, Mustang born, Mustang bred, going to be a Mustang till I'm dead. Uh, I was actually voted most spirited in 2005. And back in the day, I was one of the ones who we used to have a... Pa- Before we raised the funds in my era to buy the really nice Mustang outfit, uh, we used to have a paper mache ha- hat or head that people used to wear. And so I was one of the um, the line of people who was able to, to wear the Mustang head. So I was definitely often chanting that, you know, was on the football team. So that was, that was the chant and the thing that we always did. We didn't have enough time for onward victorious until after the, the game, but um, yeah, definitely a Mustang born guy.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. No surprise there. For sure. All right. Well, Calico, thank you so much for your time. It's been awesome. I think our students will have a lot to have a lot to learn from our, this discussion. Yeah. So anyway, I wish you much success, much luck. You know, we're rooting for you and um, thank you for everything.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate it. And I would just like encourage any students who are interested in getting involved in politics or learning more about it. Um, please follow me on Instagram, uh, it's at Calico for Oregon. Uh, we're on Twitter and, and Facebook as well, uh, but we're looking for volunteers. You wanna come door knocking, you wanna learn what it's like to sort of get involved in democracy, get your hands dirty and understand the sort of the issues and what it's like to talk with voters and you know try to, to make a better world. We'd love to have you involved. I think it's like, I started my career as an intern uh, that sort of just got my foot in the door started networking and started sort of learning my way so if there's anyone who's interested in the civic engagement and political side of things please come follow us on on instagram and uh definitely also if you're registered to vote we're going to be 18 by may 17th make sure that you are registered to vote Uh, and then please come come check us out i would love to have you on team calico and and learn more about um you know the things that matter to you as a voter as well
0: all right i appreciate
1: you roberto thank you so much for your time
0: thank you Thanks for listening to this episode of Mustangs in the Field, featuring Calico Castillo, class of two thousand five. That was a great early morning conversation we had today, um, and there's so much to to process and reflect upon. And uh, for me, one of the greatest things is a sense of hope that I I get about our Mustang graduates, our Mustang alumni, and uh, you know, the willingness to stand up for the community, to to the courage to put themselves out there. And, uh, you know, I think this is, this is something that I've always felt was right there in Milwaukee. And, um, you know, this younger generation, it's your time. And students, if you're listening, your time is also now. Like, you can do things. As was reminded, you could volunteer, you could take action, you even can vote when you turn 18, um, because the world is, a lot is happening in our world, a lot of it is unimaginable and, and you know, scary, but folks who are willing to um, pull up the sleeves and do the work can make things happen, and, and I agree, I felt that if we all did it, if all the people did it, we could make some positive positive things happen in our world and so I'd like to thank Kalika for reminding me of all the many things that um, that we can learn here at Milwaukee and through our community and remembering that putting our community first and the just you know looking forward the what's just for our communities is going to go a long way to helping our our community sustain and grow and improve and so it's really exciting, and I, you know, I just wish him the best. Um, again, Mustangs, current Mustangs. I hope that you may consider a future in with in an activism. Right, it doesn't necessarily have to be run for office. Um, you know, and like I, like I shared that that somewhat is a dream of mine, um, but perhaps maybe activism is where I need to go. Um, who knows? I know I'm not young, but I, I do feel that. I care about our community and standing up for what's just. And again, I appreciate Calico for for making that stance and putting a foot forward and getting into the process. Um, so with that, you know, I think perhaps more than ever, the song in the background that you're hearing by our our, our man F, lowercase E, double capital P, you know, as he says, he's not in it for the short run. He's in for the long run, and so I, I feel that this is actually right there what Coleco is talking about for the long-term benefit of our community as always, be healthy and well out there. Same mission night, was never in it for a short run. Long distance, never disin' hit the home run. since I'm back it, cause I Same mission night, leaving till the